Welcome to the Boil Down Coffee Club Podcast, the meeting after the meeting where we talk about our experience living sober. We don't speak for Alcoholics Anonymous. This is only our experience. We have no monopoly on sobriety. If you don't like our approach, that's okay. There's lots of ways to live, and there's a lot of ways to live sober. This works for us. I'm Don. Hey, Don. I'm Sam. Hey, Sam. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing... Ooh. 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 I got a little indigestion. That's disturbing. Well, are you okay? Yeah, I, I can take a tack of that. Uh, <laughs> I've got some milk of magnesia for you. I See, I missed out, Sam. I quit drinking, and I found out about this drink that's excellent for people who have indigestion. Oh, really? Yeah. What do you call a drink that's what? made of orange juice and vodka? Well, that's a screwdriver. But if you add milk of magnesia... It's a Phillips screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really bad, Don. That's like a an AA dad joke. That's like a DAAD joke. <laughs> well, I heard it from a guy who's a dad, so maybe so. And he is an alcoholic. He's an alcoholic. That's right. <laughs> we have a guest. We do have a guest. Hi, guest. Who are you? Hey, I'm Seth. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Seth. Thanks for joining us. Seth, oh, thank you for having me. You know a good AA joke? <laughs> I put you on the spot. You totally put yeah. him on the spot. <laughs> I, I, there was one about uh, how many alcoholics does it take to screw in a light bulb, but I cannot recall the answer. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's just one. We stand there with the light bulb and wait for the world to revolve around us. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. I love it. That's it. That's exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's true. When did you get sober, Seth? Oh, no, no. we got to start off with one other thing. Oh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, um, Seth is the first person to bring host gifts for for the boiled owl. And uh, and what did he bring? He brought beer. Yes. (laughs) Spiced Uh, ginger beer. And this stuff is non-alcoholic, y'all. And it's awesome. Thank you very much, Seth. You're very welcome. Uh, this says it was it's Australian family owned. Do you know them personally? I do not. I do not. I was just recently introduced to it. I, you might be able Whoa. to order it online, but yeah, <laughs> that was that was the owl, y'all. <laughs> I, I'm gonna put some of this in the bowl for the owl and watch <laughs> watch that. It's gonna, owl it's gonna be a spiced boiled owl. That, that's, <laughs> that's I like exactly. my owl spiced. The pumpkin spice boiled out. Oh my God, no. <laughs> it's that time of year. Okay, well, now, Seth, we can talk about you getting sober. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. Um, when did you get sober? I finally got sober in August of 08, and it I was in a outpatient treatment program and got passed off to an AA sponsor and from the from the treatment program yes and his sponsor was in the rooms and I got passed off to him because I just could not stay in line and what you got passed off from your sponsor to his sponsor I did you're like moved up that's like when you make a a tech call and they say well I'm gonna have to bump you oh yeah we're gonna escalate this escalate this (laughs) yeah which is uh, yeah and uh, it's kind of the story of uh, the best sponsors I've had I've actually been 
passed off to or inherited due to moving or, you know, people uh, going through uh, other walks of life. And um, I, the sponsors I picked out for myself worked, but the ones that were chosen for me ended up being the best I've had. Wow. Well, That's been my experience, yeah. too. The ones yeah. that I've not picked have, have, have really been much more beneficial to me. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, now I want to hear about this sponsor escalation thing, but <laughs> what happened to you that made you willing to go into a treatment center? What happened to you that made you give up the fight with alcohol? Uh, so, or did you? I did not initially. It was, um, I want to say I was around 16 and had been trying to uh, put down drugs and drink every once in a while uh every once in every a while, once in a yeah. while. <laughs> yeah so maybe like once or twice but enough for me to be aware of it and uh my parents uh, actually sent me to a place and at least initially it was uh, me trying to find a way around doing what i wanted to do uh, but being here just because i wasn't 18 and being here uh what do you mean being here? a part of uh, recovery. Oh. So I had. It was so you the were 16. Uh, 16 going on 17 when I started. I had just turned 17 when I went to the treatment facility. Wow, that is. Uh, I Well, I can see it how at 17 years old, good Lord, I, I got my whole life ahead of me. I don't have a problem. I had never really thought about entire life. It, I mean, at, at least by that point, it was doing what I could to work out getting my next drink or, you know, my next fix. So, I'd, I mean, I never really thought about the rest of life. I mean, but prior to it escalating and uh, getting really bad and it being the sole focus you know, I did have life plans, and I did have things I wanted to do, but it w- it wasn't even a matter of, you know, I'm aware that it's not possible so much as um, it. I just never thought about it because all I thought about was well. Well, well I mean, like you got the rest of your life ahead. It's like, how am I supposed to live without drinking for the rest of my life? That's the question that yeah. that jumped out to me when I've you know got sober at age forty. When did you uh, when did you start drinking? Did you start drinking or using first? Uh, so I started drinking around third fourth grade. Okay, and it was uh, initially at a wedding and totally accidentally had no idea I was actually drinking. There uh-huh. was just a drink that uh, was really good, and my cousin and I were able to get quite a bit of it and a little bit later down the road made finally made that connection and through uh through some neighbors you know started drinking that way and then wow i can't imagine being able to get a hold of of it you know i mean i I remember i had like a a sip of beer here and there but my god it would i was not that resourceful (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so how were you getting it uh, via via neighbors' parents' stash, uh-huh. and, gotcha. You know, that, that so was, it's the people you're running with, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It, it my no one in my family drinks or you know uh, partakes in other outside substances, and 
So it, it was definitely an experimental phase because I had never encountered that stuff. I mean, I had never grew up thinking about drinking or being aware huh. that drinking was an actual thing. Wow. So it became a problem and you, and you decided you needed help or did it get imposed on you? And people said, your parents said, you know, you've got to get, you got to go to this treatment center. You're in trouble. So it was definitely imposed on me. It was not something I had thought about actually doing. I believe at that point, a fight club had been out and that was really the only idea or notion of uh, recovery was, you know, what I saw in that movie. And really uh, it was, and it's, it's funny. There's somebody that goes to uh, one of the meetings that talks about that every once in a while. And I, I get a laugh out of that because that was all, I mean, it looked like a whole bunch of crying and hugging and no, thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you saying it wasn't attractive? <laughs> Not in the least. But that, that was my only experience was yeah. what I had seen in this movie. I so know, so my, my experience with a movie got me into AA. I went to my first AA meeting when I was 18 years old, but didn't come back until I was 32, lying on the sofa, nursing a hangover. And I don't remember what the movie was. I still got to look this up. But it was like, I think it might have been Judd Nelson, but it was someone like him that was attending a meeting and partway through the meeting uh, walks out down to the bodega and buys some liquor and is fighting whether or not he drinks it. And I don't remember if he goes back into the meeting or not, but I'm lying on the sofa watching this and I'm like, fuck it. I know where a meeting is. I'm going. And I went. That's wow. Pretty, that's pretty awesome. I, I had no idea. I mean, even, even in the treatment, even in the treatment center, I, had no idea how to actually find a meeting. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it, Me yeah, neither. I, mean, I didn't know what AA was before. I mean, I knew what AA was because I knew someone who was in it. But that's all I knew about it. And I didn't know anything about treatment centers. I'd never heard of a treatment center. Mm-hmm. I don't remember ever seeing AA in the media at all. There was one guy who did a thing that was on PBS that was focused on the family. I can't remember his name, but he was talking about feelings <laughs> and being sober. And it was just like, I'm not watching this. My wife was watching. I was, I'm at, I, I, gotta, I left the room. I mean, it was repulsive. It was absolutely I can repulsive. appreciate that. <laughs> I, I wonder about uh, recovery being in the media and how good of an idea it is. So, but it's nice to hear that the both of you were influenced. That's by a it. good point. Uh, but the, the, I just started watching Mom. I just started binging Mom oh, after our you? conversation yeah. at the coffee shop with Doug and that really bad joke um, <laughs> yesterday. And so I started watching the series finally. And wow, it's pretty well done regarding AA meetings and recovery and shit. That was kind of interesting. So, yeah, it's done really poorly in some things, too. Yeah. yeah. I st- <laughs> <laughs> that smiley face uh, hug where he cried on, on the guy's chest. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, that's burned into my mind. I can yeah. tell. <laughs> yeah. So you got sober in 2008. I'm pretty sure you weren't 16 in 2008. No, that's when I started trying, you know, the, the first waves of... This might be an issue. 
you know, had popped up it and it was more so, you know, I dropped the ball on a family occasion or something of that nature. And, uh, which means you got drunk. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I went to the treatment center and, people were just talking about things I'd never really thought about. And there were some things I could actually relate to and went about, you know, two, three months, uh, no actual program working recovery, just dry and Mm -hmm. inevitably, uh, you know, found that there were some others like me that were interested in uh, reinvestigating uh, drinking and using and uh, did that up until, and there'd be, little spurts here and there. When did it break? When did you break and go, I need help? So I broke the last month before I got sober. Um, I was actually trying to not drink. And oh, not, not, that's really yeah. hard. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, there, there would be a day or two here that I would be able to pull it off and then it was back to the same thing. Right. And, um, you know, so you had a, you knew all about AA, you knew all about recovery cause you've been in and out. And so now you're like going, okay, I'm not going to be an alcoholic. Yeah. And I, and I was exactly. That's what and it, it was just that seed of awareness had been planted. It, um, it, it was actually, it was a young people's meeting and there, there was a guy, John there that shared some stuff that hit home and it was just, uh, there was nothing I could do to get it out of my head when I was drinking. And what did he say? Using, and, um, he, he was, he had shared about his story uh-huh. and, um, and really the fact that he had come to the rooms, gotten a little bit of awareness about, you know, what was actually going on inside of him. And it ruined his drinking, and it that right there. That was I your mean, story. That was exactly, and I, I could not reach that point of um, peaceful, um, you know, bliss. No, not even peaceful bliss. Um, <laughs> Temporary uh, annihilation. Uh, yeah, of, of, <laughs> oblivion. Yes, yeah. Temporary oblivion. oblivion. That's it. Yeah. Or annihilation. You know, I mean. I- <laughs> Exactly, and all the um, good stuff that alcohol does for us. <laughs> yeah, and and it just it wasn't doing for me what you know it had been up until that point, yeah. and um, then there was the whole you know I'm really trying to make a change because this is definitely not working at this point. I'm in a treatment facility and still drinking and still using drugs and running around with crazy people just like me and. I, I can't stop and finally uh, woke up one day and just realized that was that was the end of the road for me and there wasn't a, a clear you know logic uh, progress logical progression of um, who knows why yeah. it came to you right? yeah. Yeah, yeah it was just I woke up and I knew it and it was one of those gut instincts that just bone deep awareness like Mm. uh, you know if i don't do this now it's not going to go on much longer and um i went in and you know shared what was going on with me and um, you were already in the treatment center Mm -hmm. and went into session Mm -hmm. shared what was going on and later spoke with my sponsor he passed me off to his sponsor 
and uh, we started going to meetings, and uh, it went from there. Um, it, it was a whole different ballgame. He was a very, very loving guy, but he took zero nonsense <laughs> whatsoever, and, and it wasn't even a matter of suggestions. It was, uh, you are going to come to this meeting, and you are going to help me set up, and you're going to do this, and... So Did you resist to, any of that, or were you read just okay, whatever? At that point, it was, and it wasn't even a matter of I need to stop. It's just I don't even know what to do at this point, but what I'm doing. So you know, so you took suggestions and or direction. Yeah, and that's that's, that's, that's exactly and getting I, sober somebody else's yeah, way. It's the only painful, way to do it, yeah. but it's the only way that works, or at least for me. Yeah, apparently for y'all. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. And uh, it was a big book. Uh, it was a big book meeting. There were a whole bunch of uh, older guys with Tom Sober, and um, they took no nonsense as well. And I, that was what I needed. Um, so, how quickly was it before you were uh, into that fourth step? Um, so for me, it was about a month. Nice, because yeah, we busted right through, on. and it only took that long because. I was just avoiding it, really, mm. and um, got started on that and switched sponsors um, over to a guy that we just clicked and we could talk about anything. And, um, you know, he was a lot more lenient with it, so I drugged that out for <laughs> uh, a little bit. And mm. um, I ended up going to Alaska to work for... Um, a while and he relapsed while I was gone. So I came, I was supposed to do my fifth step with that sponsor right before I left for Alaska, but uh, the guy messed up our plane tickets. And so we had to leave on the day that I was doing my fifth step. And wow. so I, I sat on it and, you know, working on a commercial fishing boat in Alaska. And oh. the other guy that went up with me, exact same case. And, um, Came back and so, but you were with someone else who was in recovery on that. Oh, at least and, you had and, that, and we were both doing our fifth steps. On, oh my god, on, to have to sit on that and fifth so both step. Both of us and, sat on yeah, that. People and, get drunk doing a fourth and fifth step because you're mm -hmm. digging up all the. Well, especially those who 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 sit on that fourth step who don't do the fifth yeah, step. That's yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. I know. Yeah, because yeah. if you don't, you dig up all the crap in the past. Everything that I've done wrong, everybody that I've hurt, everyone that I'm angry at, and it's like all roiling around inside. Yeah, stirred up the mud. It stirred up the mud at the bottom of the lake, and so, you got to get it out. How long was it before you were able to get back and do that fist step? I think it was three months. Holy shit. And, um, but like a good little AA, you know, I took my big book and my 12 and 12, I had a little pocket 12 and 12 and, uh, -huh. uh had a meditations book and would read that. And I mean, just do what I could because I was terrified of being, uh, it's one thing to. So how did you, you know, stay sober, isolated? I mean, you just yeah. described it, describe your day. So I, now it's the days changed wise. about halfway through, but I, so the boat would turn on and I would hop out of my bunk and do a little prayer and meditation, read out of the book and meditate and, uh, would hop up, turn on the jet boiler, make coffee for everybody. And, uh, 
set my cup outside and um, so it would cool off really quick and finish pouring theirs, walk outside, grab my cup, pound that cup of coffee and pour another for me, serve everybody coffee and, um, and just pray throughout the day, read when I got a chance and, um, talk to the individual that, you know, I went up with. But one of the things my sponsor had told me was, you know, find any opportunity you can to be of service. Mm. And it doesn't necessarily mean to another alcoholic that absolutely helps and is a core Get you out of yourself. You know, it's a huge core principle, part of this. but finding any way you can uh, be of service to another mm-hmm. human being, you know, can make the difference. And I mean, it did for me. And um, uh, did you, know, you have I, any I tough times? Can you uh, remember? There were a handful, um, especially the latter half of that trip. It was they opened the season up for you know twenty four seven. You can get as much as you want fishing wise, and you know, if you wanted to make money, that's what you did. So there's very little sleep and not much in the way of, you know, food or opportunities. You know, by the time you were able to get a second to stop, you're generally napping. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I kind of breezed through that just because it was, you know, you were either working or sleeping. And, I mean, I would still pray, mm-hmm. um, you know, throughout the day. And... Um, and my buddy did, was not doing those things. And so it was a very, very in-your-face. I watched somebody just like me with the same problems uh, decline the whole time. And um, he made it back. He made it back. But, yeah. um, uh, you know, I got to see, essentially, watch myself, you know, because he, he was... Not just like me. Watch yourself not, do, not doing Not do what, <laughs> yeah. you know. I mean, kind of uh, a mirror held up for you. Of this, this is, is like what a- it could be. And it, it was rough. And, I mean, he's no longer in the program now. And, I mean, there's no telling where he's at. Yeah. Well, it's like how to deal with it. sounds like you're in an incredibly stressful situation. And it's like how to deal with this incredibly si- stressful situation. If you're using the tools, it, it makes it a bit easier. Yeah, and I mean it's it's you know it's been the exact same way the entire time I've been sober is you know regardless of what's shown up I mean I've uh, lost lost my living space two or three times lost everything I had to my name more than once and um, no kidding. you know I had friends go out and die and you suit up you show up you do exactly well for me at least i i did exactly what i did to get sober and not only have i made it through but i've also been able to turn around and you know when people show up struggling with those things help them out and i mean that's that's what has made the difference so you finally did a fifth step who'd you do i so <laughs> did you do the fifth step with it so with the, i did it with the sponsor that helped me get sober that got me started on that fifth step or the fourth step initially uh-huh. the and, tough uh, guy yeah okay. yeah and uh and i mean i by the time i got back i mean i had watched i had done everything i knew how to do to you know take care of myself and and my sobriety and um but still i had been sitting on a on my four step for a whole bunch of time watching watched my buddy you know essentially 
work his way back out of the rooms and um, I didn't want to see anybody. I didn't want, I just wanted to go backpacking or something and just be by myself. And uh, that's, he had found out about my sponsor going back out and he actually hunted me down and, uh, and wow. And took me out to eat and uh, you know, we got talking and um, the very next day um, we did my fist step. And there was a whole bunch from that trip that I had to add. So I stayed awake all night, you know, <laughs> yeah. scribbling furiously, you know, yeah. to put this stuff on there. And then, you know, turned around and we went over to um, a set of gardens and it was a very neat experience. We oh. spent several hours out there with coffee in, in a set of gardens and going through doing the fist step. Nice. That uh, that instantly brings to mind a a friend who uh, is uh, sober down in Florida, uh, who uh, recently picked up a year, and he uh, old drinking buddy of mine uh, told me about doing his fifth step with his sponsor. Sponsor told him to uh, meet him at the beach. He had no idea that he was in for hours. hours. <laughs> Worst <laughs> sunburn into, ever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> sitting out in the sun. Yep. Yeah. Tricked this. into a fist step. Nice. Talk, talk about the sunlight of the spirit. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get him on the show someday. <laughs> yeah, at my third fifth step. So I've been sober for, I guess, about 15 years when I did it. And... After that, I went to do six and seven, you know, to sit for an hour. And you were talking about the beautiful gardens. So, I mean, I just did the, I did the fifth step in, a, in an office. But then I went out to this uh, lake and it was autumn. Ooh. And leaves were falling. It was a beautiful day. The breeze caressed you. And each leaf yeah. that fell was a character defect that God was removing from well, you it's a, and drowning in the lake. You uh, <laughs> you make fun, but in some ways it was. I mean, it it was like God. It was like I sat there for an hour, and it was so beautiful. And my higher power is is really connected to nature. It's it's part of it's the earth and. And spirit is in all of that. So um, sitting there was it was a spiritual experience. It was it was pretty uh, meaningful to spend an hour sitting, reflecting on the things that I do that don't work, and giving them away. Absolutely, and uh, I mean my my sponsor was pretty good with it. I mean after after we had gone through, so it the way we started my. Uh, fifth step was we actually sat down and he handed me a notebook and we actually went through his fourth step before oh, wow. we even did mine. It was, it was the niftiest thing. And, you know, we're going through this and I, I'm sitting here like, I cannot believe this guy put this on paper, much <laughs> less we're sitting here discussing it. That's really and, cool. Yeah, it, I mean, takes it, the, it takes the sting off or the, or the shame out of it when you're it, swapping. It did. And it made it a lot easier to actually go about, you know, sitting there and discussing all these things mm -hmm. with him. And, you know, by the time we were finished with his, it was like, I can tell this guy anything at this point. Yeah. Uh -huh. And, um, I mean, there were like two really difficult things that, um, you know, I, I didn't make it till fifth step time. And, and that was the cool thing about, uh, sponsorship was, 
uh, I was going through writing, writing my four step and I mean, they were just eating me alive and I pulled my, I pulled my sponsor aside after a meeting and we just sat there and we did a mini fist step yeah. right there. You just want to and get just it out. knock those out of the way. Yeah. That is some good and, stuff I mean, to do. Absolutely. So it, it was nice. And I mean, we did the, we did the hour meditation after and, um, did you do that together? We did. Uh-huh. We did. And then, uh, after that, I, he gave me some time just to be by myself. I mean, still there and just reflect, meditate. And, um, I want to say within a day or two after that, uh, he shanghaied me into, uh, uh, putting pen to paper on an eighth, eighth step. <laughs> like, he, and that was, that was the very, he was very, uh, he did not leave much time for me to That's good. get myself in trouble. It was okay. Yeah. Now you're done with and this. And who now wants to do that? I mean, not, yeah. nobody wants to, well, I mean, it's the solution. So, I mean, why keep someone away from it or yeah. let them keep themselves away from Which it? Which is what, yeah. what happens. It's yeah. a good idea to, and anytime I've had a sponsee, I've like, well, I don't know the fifth step. I've almost always had to. There's been one occasion where I didn't have to say, "Okay, well, we've, we've, you've, we've met three times, and you haven't brought it. Next week, if you don't bring it, then I'll just assume you don't want me as a sponsor. You want to work with someone else because you keep saying you're going to bring it, and you're not bringing. It. I give them like three chances." Mm-hmm. And it seems like it always has to come down to that <laughs> ultimatum for it to happen because who wants to do it? I mean, it's it's kind of painful. Yeah. For me, that was the easy. I could see the vet because I had been in therapy for a couple of years before I came to AA. So for me, it seemed like a good idea and really natural to share who hmm. I am and and things that were bothering me. I was kind of comfortable with that. There was one thing I was not comfortable with. And that, like you suggest, and there's, and that was hard to get out. But I, I got that out real quick because I didn't want to sit on it. Um, yeah, that's but, a point that I make to to sponsees when I'm I'm sitting down to do a fifth step with them is like, you know, what is the thing that you don't want to tell me? <laughs> yeah, it's, go ahead, tell me now. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead and get it out yeah. so that you can relax. You know. Yeah. It's Might a, as well do it at. The that's what I did thing. with my sponsor, and and I had yeah. things that first sponsor I had. Um, I didn't leave them off my fourth step. I wrote them down on my fourth step, and then and I took an exacto knife and cut, cut them, them out, out of the fourth step and taped to them in a piece yeah. of furniture. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, okay. Yeah. I, I understand that. I, one of the ones I had, I did not write down. Mm-hmm. It was not going to be written down. I mean, I knew what it was. There was no problem with that. But uh, I was going to say, but a making amends was what I had a hard. That's what well, I did not want to do. That's perfectly that normal. Was, it, it's so scary. Well, the reason I could say this is a, so. So we do such a big disservice to uh, to newcomers in particular when we when we make the fourth step sound like some big scary thing in the fifth step too, yeah. because quite frankly. It's the most natural thing in the world for an alcoholic. It's self-centered as hell to be doing all this. <laughs> yeah, talk Looking about at, yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I know the story better but than anybody. But it's being honest. Yeah. Well, it you is being be honest. And it is part. finding our part in it. Yeah. But but it is still is that self-centered. It's looking at me right. for the most part. But when we get to that eight and nine, ooh, that's when it's not real. It's still about me. Yeah. But it's not really about me. That's well, That for me was when the entire ball game changed. Yeah. And I mean... I think that's the gold. 
That that was, and when I was working through those, my sponsor skipped me ahead and started doing a daily inventory, mm-hmm. you know, getting me, and he would actually share his with me. That was, he was very much so, uh, I'm going to ask you to do these because this is what's in the book, but I'm also going to show you that I'm putting in the footwork and doing it as well. Yeah. And it also taught me how to communicate about those things. I mean, that that kind of communication and honesty and openness with another human being, much less another guy, was... Who I, you had harmed in some way? Is that what you're talking no, about? No, you was talking oh, about a sponsor. My, I was just yeah, doing the tent so. step stuff. And, yeah. and, 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 and that, that daily inventory. I, I like that you got a... Um, not only did you get a model of what that what his looked like but that ongoing conversation exactly and i mean there were a lot of things that you know my lifestyle and choices did not allow me to learn how to do and i mean the discipline of doing an inventory every day um, the communicating uh, the being honest the you know being introspective uh, all of those things came as a result of this guy showing me how to do it by doing it with me. Mm, mm. Um, it, it definitely, it was not something I could have uh, come upon myself. And I mean, the sponsorship was critical there. And, it sounds like a really awesome sponsor. I have not heard um, yeah. someone, you know, I've, I've, I have heard people talk and I've done, you know, in sharing, in doing a fifth step with someone or taking someone's fifth step, sharing portions of mine. You know, this is, this is some of my history. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that obviously that helps, but I've never heard of someone saying, here's my, here's one of my four steps. Oh, that um, was, that was his first four step. First, it, it okay. was the, it was first the big baddie. Step. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> wow. showing and, and being, and going through it. That's incredible. And then to go into that daily inventory and take yeah. you through that by sharing his, that's, I'm kind of like intrigued. That's, yeah. that's a, that's attractive. It was fantastic. I mean, it, initially it started out very much so, and I swear I know that he planned these things ahead of time and orchestrated like some master scheme to do this. <laughs> and uh, and it, you know, would be like, okay, uh, where have you been? You know, have you been dishonest today? Which, I mean, it was kind of more a rhetorical question. I mean, I was still learning <laughs> yeah. how to be, you know, still learning how to, you know, be honest and. It, it, my mind would blank out, but eventually, you know, it got to a point where, uh, rather than asking, you know, have you been resentful today? Do you, and asking those questions, we would just hop on the phone at the end of the night and we'd start talking about these things just in an open conversation, just talking about our day. And yeah, we would literally just start pulling out and then he, he would tell me about his day and have me start to pull out, you know, start asking him questions like, you know, how did you feel about this? You know, do you, do you, you have know? a part? Do you, is yeah. that resi- what's the resentment? What's the nature of the resentment? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's and like reviewing your day. It, exactly. And that, with that other person, <laughs> yeah. that's cool. So it, it, it was, it, it was very neat. Um, yeah, he, he was a good guy. So what, what's your recovery like now? Are um, you still doing that with your sponsees or with your sponsor? So I, I have a long distance sponsor and we do not speak on a daily basis. Um, we try to speak once or twice a week. Um, 
my I have uh, a long distance sponsee in another state that uh, we stay. He keeps me busy. Um, he is definitely a talker, um, and <laughs> he's awesome. He's fantastic, and I I have a guy with um, about eight years sober now, and he he he's one of those ideal sponsees where it's just I after I get off the phone with him, it's like, man, I need to be doing this. I need to be doing that. I sh-, you know I he's just mm-hmm. I you ask him to do something or you talk about it and. You know, the next time we talk, it's like, okay, I've done this, this, and this, and you know, this is what I'm working yeah. on. It's it's fantastic, and it's, I mean, they're those the sponsor and the sponsees are really what kind of keep that flame going for me. Um, I do not make as many meetings as you know I used to, um, and uh, getting in the book with with you know the new the new people's, I mean, a mixture of that, uh, trying to be of service, you know when AA presents an opportunity and um, sometimes actually going out of my way to look for it and working working with the guys. It's, I mean, that's really what keeps it going for me. And one of the things I've noticed about you is that um, after a meeting, you hang out and talk with people too. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's a really critical thing for us to do because it's hard to get to know people in a meeting. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. before and yeah. after a meeting that you get to know people. And that's, I mean, that's kind of where I can find my place to be there for other people and be of service and, um, and really be a part of as well, because I, you know, that's something I struggle with is being a part of, I will, um, pull myself away from things and focus. Uh, It's really easy for me to dive into work and, and do nothing but work, um, to, and, you know, when I do that, next next thing you know, I'm, a month, two months has gone by, and I haven't seen anybody. You know, I've only really talked to the sponsees, and you know, there there's two months of just kind of nothing, mm-hmm. and and I can feel it at that point. I, I mm-hmm. can feel that swimming against the current every day, and it's you know, it's been about all about me trying that, to. This that's why a home group is so important to me. Because yep. it protects me from myself. My home group, I've got to show up no matter what, unless there's death in the family or I'm out of town. Yeah. And, I, you know, i got to show up not because I want to, but because I'm responsible to. Yeah. And then that protects me from finding myself two weeks I haven't been to a meeting. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that commitment and... Um... You know, there there was a home home group that I was part of for a good while, and uh, it was a late night meeting, and it was a daily meeting. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, every every night at ten o'clock, and um, yeah, you know, doing doing that, it it just wore me out. I uh, bet you know, turn around, wake up at five a.m. and okay, um, yeah, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> and and so making that transition has been interesting because that was like I need to be somewhere every night. So we were talking before. Where's your home group now? So I I am home group shopping. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no. we were just Don asks about with a snarky <laughs> look. On it, his it does. <laughs> it does. I wonder where you're going to make your home group. So I young people's feels like home uh-huh. so that or a one of the big book studies i mean those are um, ones that you go to you know, go to, and, to 
and I really like the big book studies. That's, Which one are you going to choose? Uh, that's a very good question. Ooh, nailing um, him down on the I episode. I know, he, he is, he is. Um, <laughs> is uh, it going to be next week you're going to sign up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and Just so remember, you're there, a member when you say you're a member. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, the Way Out, Big Book 2, or Young People's will probably end up being... Mm-hmm. I think I think young people's is absolutely the the right choice. You know, the, the way out. Those, pe- those people are way, way out. out. Yeah. No, <laughs> because you know, young people's you, is my home group, and, and the and, way out is a literature study. It's in and depth. Don's like home group. And, <laughs> so so it means it's going to be it's in the book, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and now is when Seth walks away from the microphone. <laughs> Let me have your sponsor's number. I'm going to give him a call. <laughs> We're going to get you on. Yeah. I, I don't want you to go anywhere. Don't run off. Don't let us run you off. But do protect yourself. Watch out. Here comes that owl. You didn't know we'd be working with live animals, did you? I did not. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's time for our old timers question. Who you calling an old timer? Okay, boomer. <laughs> what? <laughs> you, that's what happens if you don't drink and you don't die. Well, no matter how long you've been sober, it's still one day at a time. Sunny. <laughs> I was about to say you can't call me a millennial. I was going to say millennial, but I'm not sure I'm not, if you're I'm, going to I'm be Gen X. You're going to be Gen X. I'm 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 Switzerland. <laughs> you one can of post <laughs> one of those. <laughs> you can post a question for us on boiledowlaa.org. Uh, we have a question, and this is from Anna in West Virginia. Anna asks, what is the difference between acceptance and approval or liking what you're accepting? Well, acceptance is not approval. I've, ex- I've had to accept a whole lot of stuff that I simply do not approve of. So the question is not whether I approve it or not to get acceptance. And it, it feels like it should be, but that's not it. Acceptance is accepting the fact that there's something that I have no effect on. I, I, can't, um, I can't change it. Accept the things I cannot change. If I can't change it, I either need to accept it or I'm just going to stew in my juices and boil. Boil so hot that I could boil an owl in it. With spices. In, with spices. With spices. And the spices yeah. will be all my various resentments. Ooh. <laughs> Flavor it. Flavor it with a little uh, righteousness. Flavor it with a little uh, impotent rage. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, you know, because I can rage at something that I can have no effect on. Mm-hmm. And I've spent a lot of time raging at things I can't have an effect on. Shoot, we were talking about a, a fifth step. I realized, I didn't realize it till I wrote a fifth step. I was angry as fire at the radio station because I worked outdoors as a house painter, and it was hot outside. And 
they would say, don't go outside without, be sure to hydrate. You cannot be outdoors unless absolutely necessary. I'm out there working in the sun all day and just going, what is your problem? And I would like get so fired up at these announcers who are trying to tell me how to live. It's, you know. <laughs> Sounds like you're getting a little fired up right now. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> yeah. I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel the way I used to feel. I would really get my goat. And I wrote letters to the radio station. Did you really? Yes, I'd fire off a letter. My wife made fun of me about, oh, here goes another angry letter. <laughs> you know, it really grinds my gears. <laughs> really. I wrote one one time, and it was this was the winter time, which they do the same thing in the winter time. They say, whatever you do, don't go outside without... Dressing properly, it's going to be so cold outside. And I was going. To, I wrote a letter saying, "Must I leave my cape and gloves at home?" Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> so I was raging at something I could, that that I could have no effect on whatsoever because they're not concerned with my feelings at the radio station. <laughs> I gotta oh. accept it. I gotta accept all kinds. I gotta accept that people don't drive the way I want them to drive. I gotta accept the. F- the no, no. I can totally correct the way someone's driving badly <laughs> yeah. by tailgating them and things. Yeah, and uh, and shooting lasers out of your eyes. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, I got a thumbs up from Seth on that. I think it's two <laughs> against one here. It won't work, and it just <laughs> it just keeps me in turmoil and and. And I'll tell you, the same thing's true with politics. If I can't have an effect on it, I have to let it go. Because it, I could, it's very easy for me to go into all this turmoil that's going on in the world. And I'm not saying disengage from it. But it's not necessary for me to stay on top of the minute-by-minute news and keep myself at a rolling boil. And it's much better for me to check in once a week and see what's going on so I'm informed so that I'm not living my life with that constantly poking me Hmm. in between the ribs and, and keeping me angry angry in a, in a rage so I've got to let go of things I can't change now I can look for where I can change it and I'll look for where I can be effective at things that I don't approve of and if there's some place I can be effective and instigate some positive move in another direction then that I need to do that so I disconnect approval and acceptance <laughs> Seth, to what is the difference between acceptance and approval or liking what you're accepting? Well, honestly, I, I really don't think they go hand in hand for me. Uh, it's kind of uh, acceptance wasn't something my sponsor and I ever really went into. We discussed it once, just like gratitude. You know, I definitely think so far as acceptance and gratitude goes, part of that is is action based. With acceptance, I, I I don't really think about acceptance much in the way of do I accept this or not. Um, I know very clearly whether I accept something or not. <laughs> it's um, you know how do how do I feel about this? How do I think about this? Uh, am I able to? do anything about it to change it or is it the right thing to do um if the answer is no then 
move on and, you know, do the next thing, whether that's, um, I, for me is pray about it and then move on and go to something else. I mean, if I can't do anything about it, then at that point I can waste my time and energy, you know, feeling, Mm -hmm. uh, all sorts of ways about it and plotting and scheming things that I'm never going to actually do, but you know, it's, it's entertaining in a sense. Um, uh, then, you know, if there is something that can be done about it, you know, what can I do? And am I willing to do those things? If, you know, I can't do things that I'm not willing to, then, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I can still continue to think about it, obsess over it, and nothing's going to change. Or, you know, I get off my rear and go do what I can, and that's that, and move on to the next thing. Um, uh, approval is, am I okay with this or, or not? Um, you know, there are a lot of things. Um, there have been, you know, life things that have come up that I don't approve of, but that's just, you know, I have no control over. And I just, you know, accept that they are what they are and there's nothing I can do to change about it. And then I put my focus, I pray about it, then put my focus on something else. If that's, you know, some other life thing or helping somebody out or a a new interest or hobby, that's kind of, you know, all I have about that. Thanks. Yeah, you know, um, the acceptance is not approval thing is something that I've learned in these rooms as well. And, and you know, it, uh, accepting something that I don't like or something that I do like. You know, this is just what is. Uh, acceptance is not me challenging that something is. It's, it, it, it's acknowledging that it is. Um, the, the thing that comes into play and something I've been working on, uh, late, I showed Don yesterday, I've got this coin that I carry around in my pocket right now, the zero fucks coin. Uh, <laughs> did you get that off Kickstarter? Uh, a long time ago, I got one okay. off Kickstarter. Yeah, They've got I, a I new one that's saw... like an AA medallion now oh, that's nice. got zero fucks on one side and yeah. one fuck on the other. Nice. Um, and, and so, you know, in, in looking at some stuff that I've been railing at lately, not accepting because I don't approve, I was like, I'm going to carry that coin around, help remind myself that I really, uh, zero fucks is where I want to be on a lot of stuff, but I've got one fuck to give and, and I just need to be judicial as to whether or not <laughs> I want to give that fuck for this. I've got or Something One else. fuck to give. <laughs> and that is all I can give is this one fuck. <laughs> and so um and so you I'm looking... are not worth my one fuck. <laughs> yes. So I'm not giving it to you. I like this. this that's is exactly a good it. That's exactly yeah. it. Um and so I am uh paying I'm being more mindful of what pisses me off. Because I have really no problem accepting the stuff that happens that I like. I mean, wow, hey, yeah, let's yeah. let's be real. You know, it, it's it's this judgmental thing that kicks in with me of of uh, judging typically people uh, as to you know things they say, do or don't do, and all that kind of stuff. It's become a more mindful thing. Um, last night, I was in a situation. I was in my home group, and um, and someone was sharing. Uh, and basically was turning it into a speaker meeting. Uh-oh. Yeah, and it was one of those things. I sat there, and I listened, and I sat with it, and I accepted that this is where this guy is, but then I also accepted that this is my home group, and 
it's my responsibility to step up after he had already shared way much longer than he should have i said thank you and good he, for he, you and, and and other home group members said the same and and uh and and it ended his share uh-huh. um it was not something that i really wanted to do no that's hard to do but it was a situation that required a fuck and <laughs> it was worthy of my fuck. And, uh, and so in that situation, it was a thing for me to accept that this is what's going on, but there is something that I can do. You know, that approval versus acceptance. Um, well, I got a comment on, yeah, that. I got on the, that. I was at a meeting out of town, and the format of the meeting was I forget what they call it, but whoever finishes sharing then calls on the next person to share. Yeah. So whoever it shares next is just at, at random to, and it fell to these treatment center people, who the first one shared about how AA doesn't work, and there there is no such thing as a higher power, and. Uh, then he called on the next person. It was another person from the treatment center. This uh, I've tried to get sober so many times, and I, it's just—it's almost impossible. Mm. I can't do it. And went to the next person, and I'm like, "Going, what is going on here? What's the, where's the uh, experience, strength, and hope right. of people who have been in around for a while? Because these people are new, and they need to hear the message of recovery because they're stuck in the mess." Yeah. It needed a home group member to speak up. And finally, at uh, after the fifth person, a, it was crazy. It went on for about 40 minutes. Wow. One of the old timers spoke up, and I was going, thank goodness. But I I didn't feel comfortable because I was out of town, like going, Am I, should I? I, yeah, I don't know. I hear you. It wasn't my home group. So I really like that you stepped up in that situation. It's the responsibility. And, and that was reinforced in me because of another meeting that I went to that um, was a, a shit show. Mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to speak up, but it was not my home group. Well, what do you think? And so should, should we speak up in those situations? I, I don't think so. I, yeah, in, in, I this, in this particular right case, I left. Yeah. I left. And um, it's not up to us to control somebody else's right, and uh, and that was that's why I wound up going to the ten o'clock meeting last night because I don't typically go to that meeting, Um, but it's like I think it would be a good idea for me to go to my home group tonight. Um, So you left a bad meeting and went to another meeting. I left a bad meeting and went to where another meeting was going to happen. I got you. Yeah. Well, that's that's acceptance and. The difference between acceptance and approval. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I there's action that I can take regarding e- either way. Um, approval is just not part of it. It doesn't need to be part of it. Approval is whether I like something or I don't like something. And quite frankly, I still know very well uh, from my days prior to recovery and even learned more so in recovery that I'm not necessarily a good judge of what's good for me just because I like it. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I think some more cocaine feels like a really good idea. Yeah, that's the ticket. (laughs) 
You'd also put your fuck coin in your shoe, walk around with it. It's a very uncomfortable reminder. That's, that's, my sponsor asked me to put my uh, one of my start over chips in my shoe and walk around with it. And uh, yeah, that that's a to very, nag you. Yeah, well, <laughs> at, at the time it was like I I wasn't you know if I did wear shoes it was a pair of Birkenstocks and <laughs> yeah lots changed but um so you duct taped it to your heel and I just didn't do it <laughs> I, I just did not do it and uh well good you know, I'm not gonna do it well that's good I mean they also say put it in your mouth <laughs> yeah. and and suck on it till it dissolves and then you can drink yeah I hadn't done that either you just don't yeah. take direction well do you <laughs> I guess not Seth Thanks for being here uh, today. Thank you for having Absolutely me. Absolutely enjoyed it. Watch out. See if you can grab it. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. The Boiled Owl podcast is posted on the 1st and 15th of every month. Visit us at boiledowlaa.org or email giveahoot at boiledowlaa.org. If you want to know more about AA, Google Alcoholics Anonymous and your city or visit aa.org. Please note Boiled Owl AA is produced by members of Alcoholics Anonymous and only expresses our experience and opinions. It is not endorsed by AA World Services. Yeah. <laughs>